here we are practically walking into their bedroom and unplugging their TV and telling them, hey, we're going to share the gospel with you for the next hour. Friends, welcome to the Now's the Time podcast. My name is Caleb Suko, and this is the podcast where we talk about how we can use our lives right now to worship and to serve our God. And a big part of that is sharing the gospel. And on this on this week's episode of the podcast, I want to talk to you about what happens when there are unexpected things that pop up as we have opportunities to share the gospel. And honestly, you know, what I found is that it seems like the best opportunities to share the gospel are often unexpected. And we're not ready for that if we haven't sort of mentally and spiritually prepared ourselves for those things we can sometimes lose those opportunities so i'll i'll share with you a little bit later that story that i just began there at the beginning of the podcast it was indeed an unexpected situation and it was i guess it, you know it, it felt a little scary a little bit awkward at first and but but thankfully god used that situation and we will i'll finish that story for you a little bit later but before I do, I want to answer a few questions and I want to encourage you. Listen, hey, do you have a question for me that I could answer? It might be something about Ukraine. It might be something about our ministry here. It might be something, uh, a, a biblical question. It might have to do with evangelism or discipleship or church planting, church ministry. Uh, anyway, I just I, I like the interaction and uh, would just love to be able to answer some questions for you. I have two questions for this episode of the podcast, and I'll answer those questions. But you can always go to sukofamily.org slash ask, sukofamily.org slash ask. And if you go there, you'll find a couple of different options where you can send us a question, whether or not it's just writing an email and sending it to us. But you can also... Uh, call our voicemail and leave a leave a voicemail for us, um, or uh, what? What's the other option there? I don't. Well, anyway, you can write or you can leave a or you can leave a voicemail. I guess those are basically the two options. But go to sukafamily.org/ask and you can find out about that. Um, a little update about what is going on in the um, in Ukraine here. Uh, if you have been following. Um, my Facebook page. I posted this on on Facebook on the on the Now's the Time page, and as well, if you get our email updates, uh, I believe I did post this on on email, and that is the uh, this church actually. It is uh, someone we're familiar with, someone we've worked with in the past, and uh, it's a church in eastern Ukraine that's under separatist control, and we received a message from them on. Let's see, July sixth. So that was last, just last week, that uh, some government authorities had just come in and sealed the doors shut and not allowed anyone to go in there. And they begged them, pleaded with them, but to no avail. And I did see another communication from the pastor there, just I think yesterday, that uh, they're they're trying to make an appeal to the government. It appears that the government itself has a f- kind of um, 
not very good communication with the different departments in the government. And so some people were unaware that this had happened in the government. So just just pray about the situation. It, it can be complicated. It can, uh, you know, it's it, the, the political situation in these separatist-controlled areas of eastern Ukraine is becoming uh, worse and worse as far as freedom of religion, as far as anything, especially that they would consider coming from the West. And unfortunately, they consider Protestantism as something from the West, uh, or evangelical churches as something from the West. Uh, we consider it something from the Bible, you know, which which is not necessarily West. In fact, if anything, the Bible's from the East. But anyway, uh, so pray for New Life Church in um, Makievka. And hopefully they can get something figured out with their building and continue to minister there. They've been doing a good job uh, feeding people, preaching the gospel, and just, just really being faithful in a difficult time over there. Uh, but they they definitely need your prayers. Um, okay, so I, I got a question about, the, somebody wanted an update. I shared last week about our neighbors and I don't remember who gave me the question. I remember reading it, and so I'm sorry if you sent me that question. I apologize. I do remember that you wrote the question. I just don't remember who wrote it. But they just asked for an update about our neighbors. I had, if you didn't catch last uh, the last podcast episode, I talked about going up and finding an older couple that live in our apartment building, and she had rolled off the bed. Anyway, conditions were pretty terrible, and so we helped them. Uh, Michelle and I helped lift her back up on the bed. and Well, anyway, Christina and I went and we, we actually bought some adult diapers for them and uh, went and visited them. And we visited them, and actually their son was there. and He's in his late 40s, and he's also disabled, uh, but he is the one who cares for, for his mother. And so that was encouraging just to know that he was there. He had been gone for about a week, and that's why the situation had uh, kind of gotten pretty bad there because uh, this lady's uh, husband can't really take care of her. He's 81, he has Parkinson's, uh, he's senile, and so he can't really take care of her. Uh, but her, their son is disabled, he doesn't have a leg, he uh, walks around on his knees, but uh, at least he can do some things. Uh, so anyway, we talked to them for a while, we gave them the, the adult diapers, and... Um, and uh, shared with this lady, shared with her the gospel, and she seemed quite open to it. Uh, she she wants to die. Uh, she doesn't see any point in living. Uh, with she's blind. Uh, she cannot get out of bed, and she just lays there all day, every day. Not really anyone to talk to. So we spent some time with her, talked with her, shared the gospel with her, prayed with her. And I'm just thankful that God gave us that opportunity to share the gospel. We're going to go back there here shortly. And we do have a little, uh, like an MP3 uh, wireless speaker that has this little SD card in it that has the New Testament on it. She can't read, of course, because she's blind. And so we thought that might be a good thing to, to give to her where she can at least hear hear the gospel audibly. So continue to pray for that situation. Um I think that um, you know God definitely uh, gave us opportunity to be able to to come into these this older couple's life and to share the gospel with them. And I just I pray you know I shared the gospel very very simply with her, 
but you know, I pray that there there was enough there that she could make a, a faith response to to what I shared. So that's a little update on our on our neighbor's situation, and appreciate your continued prayers there. Also got a uh, a question from Abdul asking where in where does Jesus say that he is? Um, hold on, maybe I can find the question here. Uh, let's see. Here it is. Uh, he says, "Where, where does Jesus claim that he is Lord and worship me?" So great question, Abdul. Um, first of all, I would say that uh, probably the best gospel that has claims of Jesus' deity, that is claims that he was God, is the Gospel of John. In particular, the Gospel of John even starts out the. John writes it that way, where he says, speaking of Jesus, he calls Jesus the Word because Jesus is God's ultimate revelation. And so Word refers to the fact that he is bringing communication of God. Oh, sorry. Phone call here, just a minute. Okay, we are back. All right, so we're talking about the deity of Christ and and honestly, you know, this is this is something that's really, really important for us to know if we're going to share the gospel. Where do we find these verses that really talk about the fact that Christ is God? Because that's really the point of, of um, what is the word, delineation between what is, is true Christianity and what is not. And so Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and, and other cults or or uh, false religions, uh, they they might say a lot about Jesus, but they would not say that he's God. They would deny his lordship. They would deny that he is divine, that, that he is God. But if, if you look very clearly, especially in the Gospel of John, there's very, very clear evidence that Jesus is God. And so we can just start right from the beginning in John 1, 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so, I mean, you can't get much clearer than that. Jesus was God. And I understand that those aren't, uh, let's say, that's not a quote uh, from Jesus. But if Jesus is God and God's word is inspired by God, then these are the words of Jesus. If we talk about inspiration. But even this is John, you know, writing from his point of view. He says, Jesus was God. Um, it later, it, verse four, it says in him was life and that life was the light of men. So life comes from Jesus. It says that, uh, sorry, back up to verse three, that all things were made through him without him was not, nothing was made that has been made. And so he is the creator. Well, by definition, the creator is also God. Okay. So the Gospels clearly portray that, especially the Gospel of John. If you look into the Old Testament, you also find evidence that Jesus is God. And probably some of the best evidence in the Old Testament would be, for instance, the book of Isaiah, where it talks uh, the prophecy of the Messiah. It says that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. That's the Messiah talking about Jesus, everlasting father, prince of peace. So obvious references to the fact that that the Messiah is is God. 
But if you want to speak specifically about Jesus' words, the the verse or the section of Scripture that I like to go to most often, especially with in my conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses who deny the deity of Christ, is John chapter 8. And so what what does Jesus say in John chapter 8? Let me open it up here. He says, um, John chapter 8, verse 58, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I don't think that you can get a clearer declaration of Jesus' deity than this verse. Before Abraham was, I am. And so what is he saying here? This goes back to Exodus. I think it's Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God, Yahweh, appears to Moses. And when Moses says, at the burning bush, and when Moses says, who shall I say sent me? What is his name? God says, tell them Yahweh sent you. And what Jesus is doing here in, in the Aramaic, of course, he is quoting word for word that verse when God at the burning bush told him, I am sent you. Jesus says, I am. I am he. I am Yahweh. I am the one who sent Moses. I am the one who talked to Moses at the burning bush and sent him to save the Israelites from Egyptian captivity. Yahweh. That's where that name comes from, actually. Yahweh, the existent one. Or he exists. You know, he, he does not have a beginning and he does not have an end. He simply exists. He has always existed. There will never be a time when he did not exist. That, friends, is the definition of God because we all have a beginning. God does not have a beginning. He is the only one who can just say, I exist period. And that's what Jesus said in John eight fifty eight, And we know that that was very serious because after he said that, they picked up stones to throw at him. They wanted to kill him because they considered that blasphemy. So, you know, um, you know, and then we can go further. We can go to Revelation where we see people falling down before Jesus, where we see that every every uh, people will fall down and, and worship him. And in the book of Revelation, we see the four living creatures doing that and the elders doing that. Um, and And we know that every knee will bow before him. And so we don't see necessarily somewhere in the Gospels that Jesus said every knee will bow to him. But we do see that in Scripture, that uh, people will bow to him eventually. So that's, uh, I guess, a real short answer there for you, uh, Abdul. And uh, I hope that you take some time to look into that yourself and see the deity of Jesus through Scripture. All right, friends. I want to share with you a new section to this podcast, and this is called Book of the Week, okay? So here we go, Book of the Week. 
the book of the week today, or this week. Where'd I put my book? Oh no, hold on, gotta find it. There it is, it was right behind me. Okay, so I really want to share with you a book every week on this podcast, and the book of the week for this week is Practical Religion by J.C. Ryle. Oh my goodness, I love this book. I have been studying it for some time now. Right now, in fact, I'm going through it with a friend of mine in a discipleship as we um, uh, am discipling him. But Practical Religion, you know, I've just, just been attracted more and more to books that have stood the test of time. And as we look at some of these, like Practical Religion, J.C. Ryle, he is an author that if you don't know, you need to know. He just wrote amazingly sound, doctrinal, and practical uh, books. And, and this one, Practical Religion, is sort of like a primer for like basic Christian life almost. Um, let me read to you a quote here. This is in chapter two, I think it's called Self-Exertion. It kind of has like some different, I guess, like titles and things to it. But uh, you, you figure out what he's talking about here eventually. And he says this. Yes, Satan does not ask you to walk in the steps of Cain and Pharaoh and Ahab and Belshazzar and Judas Iscariot. There is another road to hell quite as sure. The road of spiritual indolence, spiritual laziness, and spiritual sloth. Spiritual laziness and spiritual sloth. Satan has no objection to your being a respectable member of the Christian church. He will let you pay tithes and rates and pew rents. That must be something they had back then, by the way. He will allow you to sit comfortably in church every Sunday you live. He knows full well that so long as you do not strive, you must come at last to the worm that never dies and the fire that is not quenched. Take heed that you do not come to this end. I repeat it. You have only to do nothing and you will be lost. And he's talking about this idea that we must strive, strive in our salvation. As, as Paul talks about making every effort and not giving up and, and, and pushing forward towards the prize. And so many people just, ah, their Christianity becomes some limp, some sort of weak, some sort of just wilted plant that is just barely existing and then you wonder is there really any spiritual life there my god read this book friends and you will understand what he's talking about here and and just another just a little quote that i I underlined here i've got all kinds of things highlighted and underlined in this book he says this fight against any rising disposition to be sleepy critical and fault-finding while you listen to the preaching of the gospel. How we need that. It is so easy to criticize the preaching of others when what we should be doing is listening carefully and examining our own hearts and seeing how God would change us and form us more into Christ's character. Okay, that's already my my comments, not the quote. Okay, let, let me finish this quote. 
Whatever you do for God, do it with all your heart and mind and strength and order. In other things, be moderate and dread running into extremes. In soul matters, fear moderation, just as you would fear the plague. Care not what men think of you. Let it be enough for you that your master says, strive. Okay, you heard it. Be moderate in all things except for things of the soul. So that is the book for the week. I will put a link in the show notes for this episode at sugofamily.org. Practical Religion by J.C. Ryle. Highly, highly recommend it, friends. Okay, so let's get back to that story that I started at the beginning of this podcast episode. Here we were, ready to go to our ministry, to the soldiers as we do pretty much every Sunday. And you know, what they they do is they have this club, they call it the club, it's sort of this... um, they have an auditorium there, and it's it's very run down. It's it's very dark. Most of the lights don't work in there. A lot of the a lot of the chairs are broken. It looks like it's just very rarely used, but they keep it locked. and And so I'd called before. I'd called one of the soldiers, the one who kind of keeps the key to the to the club. And he said, "Oh, I don't have the key today, but I'll I'll try and find somebody who has it and see if they can open it for you." Okay, great. So he called him back a little bit later and said, "Okay, uh, the club's open." You, come on. So we get to the we get to the army base. They know us there. They let us right in. And I go to the club and it's locked. And I can't find anybody who has a key. I go to the checkpoint where the you know soldiers are. They can call somebody and say, Hey, there's no key and they call around, Oh, nobody's here, nobody has a key and I'm like, Oh no, we're gonna really didn't want to miss out again on you know, this, this ministry, we were trying to be really faithful in it, being there every Sunday. So the soldiers know we're there. And so I said, well, oh, actually I knew that one time we had gone into the barracks and I thought well, maybe that might be a possibility. And so the soldier who was on duty there said, well, let, let me find out if you can go into the barracks. So he started calling around and finally called, he found somebody and he said, okay, you can go to the barracks, just wait here. And the, you know, whatever the sergeant will come and he'll take you into the barracks. So I thought, great. So I waited and he came and we walked over to the barracks. So we went and got our equipment and drove over there and said, okay, you're going to be on the first floor. And well, that was kind of a surprise to me because before when we had been in the barracks, we'd been up on the third floor. And mainly when we would go to these outreaches, we work with the, um, what are they called? Draftees, the draftees, the, the, those guys have been drafted into the army and these are younger guys they're 18 19 20 years old mainly uh don't really have experience fighting uh in in war and it might be their first time away from home and and so anyway he said but you're gonna be on the first floor and i thought that's strange okay fine whatever walk in there and i walk in the room and i i don't know a single person there i'm and they're older these guys look like they're mid-20s 30s some maybe even 40s maybe 50 years old and it's it's like we're walking into someone's bedroom here some guys are laying on their cots resting there's about a dozen or so that are gathered around a tv watching something and the sergeant that brought us in he goes up in front of all of them and he unplugs the tv 
and just kind of walks away. And I'm like, okay, so I guess here we are. And it's like we're standing in their bedroom and we just unplugged their TV. And now we're going to preach the gospel to them for an hour. And by the way, it's like, it's like 85 degrees or more in that in the room. And I'm, I'm sweating. I'm just like dripping sweat. And honestly, it was, it was a little bit uncomfortable. And so I thought, okay, what am I going to do? I mean, I, I just feel like I'm barging in on these people and they don't know me and I don't know them. I don't know a soul in that room. And so I go around and I, I, be, I better just, I just shake the hand of, of every single guy there and just greet them. And I had prepared, we, we'd been going through Genesis. We were in the third chapter of Genesis, sharing them, sharing kind of chronologically with the, um, with the draftees from the Bible to give them a foundation, understanding of who God is, who man is, all that kind of stuff. I thought, well, this is not going to work. None of these guys have, have been here for the last, you know, couple of weeks. So I thought, well, first of all, I just, I need to share with them who I am and so that they know who's talking to them. And, and so we sang a song or two and then I, I got up and I just kind of shared who I was a little bit. And I think that helped, you know, bridge the gap, open up a little bit to, um, I opened up a little bit to them, which which helped them to to open up to me a little bit, and and then I thought, well, you know, I can't just go into Genesis chapter three, so I, I kind of did a little review and talked about how God is a creator, and talked about how He created everything that we see, and and how man was His greatest, the pinnacle of creation, and how man lived and. The Garden of Eden and, and had very few rules, just don't eat from one tree. And and yet I went to Genesis chapter three and showed how they sinned, how how Satan came and deceived them, and they began to doubt God's word. And because they doubted God's word and because they wanted to become like God's themselves, they disobeyed God. And because they disobeyed God, God who is holy could no longer come and enjoy a relationship with them unfettered because he because of the sin they became sinners and and then I I went to Romans chapter 5 and shared with them how because of Adam's sin we we all became sinners but because of Christ's death on the cross we we all have the opportunity to receive the righteousness of Christ through faith and just share the gospel with them the best that I could. And I'm so thankful that at least I was prepared enough that I could, that I could be flexible in those situations. And I just, I think it's so important that, that we realize who we're talking to and that we, even if it's the last minute that, that we, we change what we're going to say so that it will meet the specific needs of those per- people that we are talking to specifically. And anyway, I'm grateful that God uh, helped me uh, in that situation. Later, the draftees came in and joined us as well. We had, I think, up to about 40 guys there. And afterwards, we had coffee and cookies with them. And a number of them stayed around for quite a while just to talk with us, ask questions. And, you know, these... Uh, uh, the, the guys that I talk to, and I think pretty much 99% of them, they they don't know anything about the Bible. So what what a joy it is to to share the Bible with these people who just don't know. I mean, I ask, do you know what the first book of the Bible is? I think one guy in the room knew. <laughs> you know, so so there was very, very little knowledge of the Bible there. And um, 
Anyway, appreciate your prayers for that ministry, the soldiers outreach, and uh, it's still a, a great open door for us. I just, I can't, it's hard for me to fathom the freedom and the opportunity that they give us to preach the gospel there. Here we are walking in, <laughs> unplugging their TV, preaching the gospel. But here's the thing, friends. Here's what I want you to remember. As you have opportunities to share the gospel, remember, it's not always going to be what you expect. So spend the time now. Prepare yourself so that if you need to to switch gears, to change plans, that that you know where to go in Scripture. You know where to go in Scripture to share about the deity of Christ, to talk about different things that they might have questions about. And then also remember that in those times, as you realize that that this is not going to be what you expect, it's so important that we trust God. I mean, honestly, like on Sunday when we walked in that room, it would be easy to say, oh my goodness, why are we here? What are we doing? And well, do they really want to hear us? And I think, no, I need to remember the power of the gospel, the power of God's word, the power to change hearts and minds and the working of the Holy Spirit. And this is where we really begin to trust God, that it's not all about me because it's so, so easy for me to lose hope when I think it's just all uh, depends upon my ability, my ability to speak well and interestingly and to convince them of things yeah those are all important but ultimately it depends upon god and so in these kinds of situations where it's not what we expect we 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 feel that much more but ultimately even when it is what we expect it still all depends upon god and it's so so important friends that we have developed that trust in god's word I mean, I know that I've, I've felt this many times in, in sharing the gospel with people who've never heard the gospel before, that I get these doubts in my mind. I think, really? Do they, do they really want to hear this? Can, will they really believe this? And I say, no. They, If God works, if the Holy Spirit works in their hearts, they will believe it. This is a divine and supernatural work of the gospel. And God chooses to do that through his word and through us, And then the Holy Spirit changes lives by changing hearts. And 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 it's it is such a a joy to to see that happen in the lives of of people. So friends, I hope that God gives you an opportunity that you don't expect. I hope that somehow He changes up your plans, but I hope that you're ready for that. And if you are, I think, I think you'll, you'll see big blessings as you share the gospel. I really want to encourage you to be active in sharing your faith as God gives you opportunity to do that. That's it for this episode of Now is the Time. And I want to remind you that you can catch this on iTunes or on any kind of podcast catcher that uh, you might have for Android. I'm, I'm not as familiar with the Android, but go ahead and leave a, a review there or give it a rating. That does help this podcast get out a little bit. Check out the podcast at sugofamily.org. You can see the links there in the show notes to the books that I talk about or anything like that. And you can also find out how to support us. We appreciate your support. We need your support. That helps us to continue to do what we're doing preaching the gospel and helping Ukrainians to do the same so that the church here 
will move forward for the kingdom of God. And that's that's our passion, friends. That is our desire. I hope it is your desire too, wherever you are in God's kingdom. I know that there are listeners from all over the world. So thank you, friends, for listening, and may you be blessed. <laughs>